0: we gonna start the show. Where do we always start the show? Let's get it. In the city, we're gonna slide. Bet I be there pronto. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And In the center console. Keep the semi when I ride. Little penny when I drive. In the city, we're gonna slide. Bet I be there pronto.
1: Education is elevation. What up, Chop Nation? It's your boy, George League, a.k.a. Conscious League. Don't forget to leave. You can find me at League.com. Also, georgeleaguespeaks.com is still up, too, for all your bookings, all your online classes, all that right there, right there. Who am we? with?
2: Hey, it's your girl, Toya G. Happy to be here with y'all tonight, the same way he dropped his info. I'm going to drop mine, higher definition, L-E-C. You've been doing spring cleaning around your home. You've been doing spring cleaning, you know, with your school situation, with your work situation. But have you spring cleaned your mind? Work with me. Talk to me. Let's get you back on track and excited for what you can accomplish for the rest of this year. I'm a mindset coach. I'm a leadership coach. I'm an empowerment coach. I want to put y'all on game about ways to refine and kind of reconfigure the same way we high definition. We refine and reconfigure. We refurbish our, our, our tech. We're going to do the same thing with your goals and your aspirations. So tap in with me. Trying to show y'all some love, y'all show me some love back. We're gonna make sure we take this thing to the next level. Live your life in higher definition. We are waiting for, and I'm pointing the wrong way. I know I like to point in my boxes. We lost somebody. Um, He's gonna come back in a second, working out his tech 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 issues uh, as the political plug. But in the meantime, in the meantime, in the meantime, I want to tap in Lee real quick with uh what what was I man. What was I think about this week? Uh, we got Katanji Brown Jackson, right? And I know we're about to talk about that with Lee. Um, I'm sorry, with the plug when he comes back. But you know, uh, is is our black women? Are is is this the new? Is this a recipe? One question I've had about this, and I don't want to touch on what the plug going to talk about. I'm trying to figure out how to say it. Do you feel like this is a recipe for the uplift of American politics and society, or do you feel like this is a recipe for some new scapegoats for a lot of the issues we see? Um, and I'm just asking this question real quick. Actually, I'm, I don't want you to answer it. I don't want you to answer it. The plug is back. The yeah. plug is back. So plug, I want to. I want a question that maybe you can decide if we come back to or not. But what I was asking the people, just thinking about this Katondri Brown-Jackson uh, uh, confirmation, I, one thing I keep coming back to is, are Black women the new kind of saviors, as we've always been, of Black society and the Black politics? We're starting to see the tides change. Are they the new scapegoats? That we're about to be looking at and seeing and maybe the new culpable people who are not as you know revolutionaries might have thought because they're now in line and in the fold with a lot of the politics we've always already disagreed with i just i've been thinking about these things we can come back to that but that's what i want to think about or that's what i've been thinking about with this katandra brown jackson thing but i'm gonna turn it back over to you you back this is me thinking you're out back. loud
0: right um, now you uh, so without uh you know i'm the one that really needs no introduction um uh, but yes. with that being said to get into the uh, to get into the snapshot, uh, as as what's being discussed, we have uh, the first black woman that um, is sitting on the Supreme Court with Ketanji Brown Jackson. Uh, first thing I want to address is there was a comment that was already in there that kind of spoke to uh, her record on pedophiles and sentencing and you know all those types of issues, right? Because. Uh, I feel like to you where the direction you was going in is actually where where I wanted to start us in in terms of having that conversation hey. um, with really quickly i'm I'm pretty sure y'all was up on game on how the confirmation went down uh and just real quick in in one in one sentence or one word, how would y'all describe that whole process you know what i'm saying coming out uh with her coming out on top what how would y'all describe that george she is grotesque. <laughs> Grotesque. Okay. Confirmation process was grotesque. Why would you use that word, that language, Lee?
1: Because despite her accolades and despite, uh, you know, her experiences and, you know, everything she had to bring to the table, uh, all her accolades were still questioned. You feel me? I think that the way that people have been able to obscure all the stuff she's been able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, how they've been able to, you know, what I'm saying I'm gonna use all my words today. How they pathologize the shit that she didn't need in the, you know, what I'm saying in the courtroom. How it don't right, matter, like, I think it's been very, you know, what I'm saying like grotesque, like real nasty, real tasteless. Like, goddamn, she so that's what the black woman got to go through to be on Supreme Court. She that white man was crying and throwing hissy mm-hmm. fists and shit. And this man, y'all, y'all, y'all asking her about her baby's racist and can she. Partially judge, you know what I'm saying? A, a Catholic. Literally today, I seen on Twitter a whole bunch of different conservatives talking about she's the most liberal Supreme Court justice on there. And can she, you know what I'm saying, be impartial and not put that on the Supreme Court? Just like, boy, y'all is doing a lot. But that was my long winded response.
0: Yeah. And and while Toya uh, handle what she handling, I think that the way that I, the word I use to describe it real quick is theater, it's not, it's fake. Even the accusations of liberalism are mainly associated with the fact that she's left-leaning and she's black. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Outside of her getting up there and completely denouncing liberalism, outside of her completely denouncing Democrats, outside of her completely denouncing Joe Biden, it wasn't nothing she could do. Like any liberal that would have been placed on the court during this time would be considered the like, according to them, the most liberal ever, Right. So it was theater. It was it was a play. It was a joke. You know what I'm saying? That, I mean, theater is the
2: word I would use. Toya? I think, you know, too, one of the things we can't forget is that her confirmation process was, uh, what, 11 days longer than Amy Coney Barrett's? Somebody who does not even have a judging. Maybe that's why I was so short or so much longer. Really that. She doesn't even have a confirmation record. I'm sorry, a judging record to speak to. So we can't sit up there and nitpick a lot of her decisions. You forget that that in comparison to the last, you know, nominee was that there's, there's no decisions that have been rendered by her to sit there and sift through. You know, so um, in a lot of ways that was frustrating to see. Also, I mean, walking away to, to highlight the grotesqueness that Lee was talking about, um, I know y'all saw the clip of what happened at the end of the confirmation. If not, y'all go get on Twitter and go find it. Um, where a, a vast majority, after she was confirmed, a Republicans stormed out of the chambers where the confirmation happened. The only one, and we don't applaud and give cookies and and shit and pat people on the head for doing their job. So we're not going to gas him up too hard. But the only Republican that's seen in the pan or the camera camera screen uh, of this angle applauding the confirmation was Mitt Romney, right? Who has often been the Republican that's willing to sit in the gap and sit on the ropes and kind of be the intermediary between logic and good faith and good sense and his own political aspirations and beliefs. And so you know, it was it was really, when you say grotesque, it was sad, it was pitiful. That again, because this is the second time of many different times we've seen them be sad and poor losers in the last year and a half when they don't get their way and they don't get what they want. We saw it with the uh, election results, right? They are poor, sad, pitiful losers. And it's really, I don't know how you can be excited about being a part of a party that behaves in this way, right? Just well, in, in the nature of politics. So that, that's what blew my mind.
1: And, and to Charon, people Gang,
0: Charon, let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Me do it. Me do it. Uh, I, it. I would Let say, say it.
1: shortly though, simply though, just be like I feel like what I'm peed game on because we gonna get into this when we get into the Black Lives Matter conversation is right. a lot of the narratives that we be getting fed in the Black community it really be conservative hit pieces and I listen a lot of times too they have access into our communities and ways because listen I grew up in no cable. I was already normalized to Fox News and seeing them as being legitimate news people. You see what I'm saying? So the idea that she gave pedos short-time sentences is really cap because a lot of those judges that tried to say that she did that, when you look at their track record, they also didn't go with the recommended state or recommended federal, you feel me, process. Uh, 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 but her,
0: her ruling was within the guidelines, though. You feel me right. like even 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 within the questioning when they when they attempted to call her out on it. They were they were saying, well, you didn't think to go above the guidelines. No,
2: <laughs> I, yeah, went,
0: like... I made a decision based on, you know, what I'm saying what, what was already laid out. So like that, that entire conversation it's like we're going to talk about hit pieces, like Joy said, but it, it's it's, it's, again caught up in the fact that a the, the conservative. Drawing the line is accusing somebody of pedophilia. That's like the the uh, the Hillary Clinton, um, what the Pizza Gate, like right? Like it's always the, just where when they want to just pull some shit out their ass, they can play with that pedophilia
2: game. And we got to be aware of cherry picking. You know, when they talked about the seven or eight cases, I think they tried to point to this was an attempt to undermine. Like, just do the math on it right? Uh, Over hundreds of cases that she presided over, right? So this is not a pass to legitimize pedophilia, but this is also a time to say, if we're being honest about the standards that we hold for humans who are also political figures and you disagree with the outcome of some of those sentences, just in a numbers game perspective, your own life, you have made less than perfect decisions in relationship to your family, to your job, to the decisions that you make, but you do so within certain parameters and guidelines and standards that you set for yourself, even other people don't appreciate it. You might raise your child a little bit different. You might do your job a little bit different. There's a lot of things, right, that, that we hold in comparison to that, that we just kind of have to be mindful of. There, there was small amounts of data that was pulled to make this point. is pointing at Miss Miss who said they pushed the, the sexual predators like Kavanaugh and Thomas, but consistently devalued Justice Jackson. I would add on to that, that the Republicans are bent on holding her accountable for these pedophilia cases, but have also passed a lot of legislation in some of these states very quietly to allow child marriage. So what are we doing here?
0: There's no conservative outrage surrounding what's happening in Tennessee right now.
2: At all. And they are pushing to eliminate any minimum age to be able to participate with children. So it's like, let's be honest and make sure it cuts both ways. This is not an excuse for politicians because I don't get in the habit of making those. Right. But at the same time, we also have to be honest about the inevitabilities of the state, the inevitabilities of the court and the system and the people we have to have there, how we have to kind of navigate um, and, and hold. In juxtapositions and truths about this process in order to get air quote because so we haven't seen anything that she's done yet, the right people in the right positions.
0: All right. Go. Uh, and with that being said, that's the snap chop. We can yeah. go ahead and get into uh our first chop for the for the night.
1: Yeah, We're man. This is this first chop, you know, the conscious chop. A lot of conversation
0: what we doing uh, over
1: the past five years, I think has been real, real big on reparations. Um, I think that, uh, I'll be interested really to, to actually, before I get into this, I'm actually curious when I say the word reparations, chat, Toya, Damo, how in the F do y'all even define that when people be like, what reparations, what do you say? Like, what is that?
0: I think, I mean, when you say like, when you, when we had this conversation, like today, it's like money, you're talking about the government paying black people money, uh, to, for some type of, you know, the, for, for slavery. Mm-hmm. like that's when just baseline because you know a lot of people be talking about like uh investing in opportunity zones and doing like like what they did in North Carolina that type of stuff when people bring up the conversation mm-hmm. of like us wanting reparations the first place I go to is black people getting money for slavery Carl
2: um, the first thing I think about when I hear reparations I'm not going to lie it's just like this impossible attempt to assuage what can't really be corrected so when I hear reparations, I'm just like, I get it, but like, what is what is the, the what is an ample amount? What is an adequate approach? What does it mean to even? So my eyes kind of gloss over it. in a way. Like I, the, the 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 Negro in me wants to be excited about it, but I just it really never plays as something that can be material for me in a lot of ways. And so I think rep- reparations just they represent kind of these these good to hear feel goodie. Kind of components of what corrective action could look like but i don't really ever take it serious.
1: yeah i've never, yeah. I've never
2: taken the idea of reparation serious. like three yeah. acres on the mule oh pay back to the citizens of slaves oh that would be yeah. that's cute but i don't buy it never
1: it. yeah for me i think that uh i kind of sit in between y'all a little bit and i guess a little, little i guess a little nuance when i hear the, uh, when i hear reparations i feel like i've trained myself to think about state-sanctioned violence and literally the state you feel me trying to reprimand or trying to pay trying to pay back people for that state-sanctioned violence and i say state-sanctioned mm-hmm. violence i recognize and we know that should go way past slavery you feel me like one would argue we grew up in the 90s Shit, my daddy was in and out the penitentiary for the war on drugs uniquely you see what i'm saying yeah. so I, I think about it in that way but also what like toya said it's like hey i also see a lot of the suffering that black people go through in America uniquely as being be like hey in order to get the to five we gotta go through three and four hey y'all we had to get we had to enslave y'all to get iPhones and to be able to have YouTube and to be able for y'all to have y'all podcast so if you like your podcast and you having your iPhone and you know shit we have to go through slavery so I see uh, uh, America in the world seeing like slavery and suffering of black people as a necessary evil so I kind of see it as being like y'all niggas ain't getting that the sky is blue two plus two is four <laughs> niggas supposed to be oppressed like what are you yeah. talking about so, I, you know what I'm saying? I kind of sit in that too kind of in a pragmatic kind of understanding. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I,
0: it, uh, we got JM here. He said reparations to me is money and land and access, which that's why I said, like, the first thing I go to is money. Uh, I mean, because, like, like, ultimately, it's like, what else? It, I mean, really, what else makes a material difference? Like, there's, there's there's nothing else really that could uh, I mean, have happened.
2: Money is just this right. to me in terms of it, because what is what what does money mean in terms of quantifying, and uh, uh, reconciling for four hundred now probably five hundred years? Like, what is that? How do you quantify that? How do you calculate that? How do you count that up? And then on top of the vast, just like different. Like you had black people who had to move out west. You had black people who had to leave their families and move up north. You had black people who were subju- subjugated to violence because they stayed in the south. How do you quantify the value of those experiences and the trauma that people experience having to leave their homes, having to leave their families, have to, having to figure out how to navigate a Jim Crow, like uh, the, the learning curve that it takes to not get your ass beat on the street. Like, how do you pay me for that?
0: That's why mm. I just,
2: I'm like, I can list off things that would be nice associated with reparations. But again, it just is so highfalutin and so unrealistic to me because I don't know how you're coming to these numbers. And we have a video, by so, the way. If y'all haven't watched it, just speaking about the numbers, go to our, follow us on Instagram, by the way, at the Chop Up Show, at the Chop Up Show, and go watch the video. That's still today, get pulling hundreds of likes every single to day because day. there's one who tries to break down numerically how much we would be owed, and it sparked a lot of conversation and controversy on the page. We're going check it out.
0: With like 300 million in person or some shit like that? About. But, but... The way that, and, and, and I'm just being honest, y'all. Please don't. I mean, I'm, is y'all you gonna feel a certain type of way, but it's, uh, but it's like it's the same logic of what? How much is your time worth? Like you asking people who give an hour of a time for between fifteen to twenty dollars an hour, an hour of a time. Think about that. Your life, yeah,
1: is hey, worth hey, well, hey, fifteen to twenty dollars an
0: hour. Uh, but that's, keep but that's, but forward. hold on. But that's what I'm saying. So like to answer to answer that question, it's like that. Like, it can be quantified in a number that's going to make a material difference. That's why I say money, because it's yeah. something that can make a material difference.
1: Hey, but I like somebody in the comment section said, uh, not not just finance, it's also trying to mitigate it from a legal perspective and kind of uh, passing laws and creating laws. You know what I'm saying? I can see, you know what I'm saying, that being, it. before I read this little, little tag though, I, to, to, to end that part of the conversation, I, I, I think that they would never be able to repay they don't mean they should try. Goddamn. They don't, mean, they don't mean they should try. <laughs> I mean, but we know yeah, recently, I mean, though.
2: I can never apologize. I can, when somebody wrongs you, that don't mean they don't try. You can't. You hurt me right. bad. You cut me deep. That don't mean don't try to
1: pull me back together again, for you sure. You feel me? Well, yeah. you know, we know uh, the California Task Force voted to strict reparations to descendants of slavery uh, on March 29th. You feel me? A couple of days ago in a 5-4 vote, the California Reparations Task Force decided to limit reparations to African-Americans who can trace their lineage. To slavery, starting from those parameters, were, more, were most likely to survive legal challenges. We know that free black people who came to the United States in the 19th century or earlier will also be eligible for reparations. The task force cited the trouble in tracing family history and the danger and being captured in slave reasons. Uh, this is a two year task force, though, y'all. The first step in the group of the country, it's, it's, it's the first of this kind in the country. And it was created in 2020 when uh, the governor did this. There's any the other. The last part I want to read is that black people who cannot trace their anse- ancestry to slavery were considered for inclusion due to systemic racism, but ultimately excluded. California is the home of about 2.6 million African Americans. My question to you, too, and the people in the chat can you trace? your lineage back to slavery for the black people especially black people definitely obviously but for the black people listening in y'all mm-hmm. can you trace your lineage back to slavery using documentation
2: uh no <laughs> the, okay. the the deeper the deepest that my tracing goes back to when we had this conversation i even think i made it a made a post on the Up show page a couple months ago about the great migration and kind of understanding um, where a lot of our families started out in the South and where they kind of went in the, the the different lines of flight that they took and moving around the state. And so I think I can only go back as far as maybe the late 1800s in terms of located uh, my family in Louisiana and in Mississippi. My grandma came up from Mississippi when she was in, in like the third, the 19, the late 1930s, early night, the mid 1940s, maybe. Um, and my grandfather was a little bit older than her. So a little bit earlier than that moved from Shreveport up to the Kansas city area. Um, but Outside of that and beyond that, and even I think some sharecropping happened, but I don't even really know a lot about what they did um, at the tail end of slavery or how they made their transition, kind of like socially. I just know they got out the south. So in terms of going back to the Ivory Coast, no clue. I have no idea what's what's happening in terms of the west coast of the continent of Africa and how we started from there.
1: So I think, I think that you bring an important question. I interpret it as: Can you trace your lineage back to the plantation?
2: Mm. So then maybe so. I would assume that my folks didn't migrate too far from that. I thought you meant like the, yeah. the, 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 the onset of it. That's how I, I it. Of it. Okay. but I, I could be wrong, though. I could be completely I, I wrong mean, it, if... I would love to know because then the answer becomes yes. At first, I was kind of sad because, I mean, I don't want to have to pay answers ah, Why do
1: they do Donald like that?
2: I know, right? What'd you say? Yeah. So yeah, say? I can change what?
1: Yeah.
0: You you can trace it back to slavery. That's what you were saying. Like it's like if you can go back to you are going back to those plantations, because uh, I mean, because that that's how I interpreted the question. Like is that can uh-huh. you go back? Can you trace it back to being enslaved? And that's the thing about it. Most of, we can trace it back to being enslaved. It's, it's the beyond that part that we care about the most, right? They're saying like they're they're saying that the that the bar is for
2: can can you find your people on the plantation? And that, and I, I think and that's, that's, I, I think what I'm saying is I'm a step after that. Like I can't I there no, I don't have the paperwork to say this the, the Adams plantation, was on the plantation my grandmother's yeah. grandparents were or that yeah. the, the Johnson plantation was where my granddaddy's uh you know uncles owners were. I don't know that like that's a step removed from what I can prove. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, know I can't
1: like, can. like, no,
0: yeah, I can. I can't. My yeah. like my like my people, you shit, they trace they uh, my grandma is actually like actually for the last like twenty years been doing a project where she'd been connecting like our roots all the way back to the plantation in Missouri. Uh, Mm. so like from, like literally from Baltimore to Missouri ain't even, you know what I'm saying? We wouldn't even know we wouldn't my, my mama's side, we got some of them people that came from Mississippi, but on my grandma's side, they were as Missourians, they was taken from Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? To Missouri, in terms of how they was, it traced where they at. And I mean, I got like, uh, you know great like i, I know that my, my certain great ancestors that literally descended from that interaction between the slave master and the um uh black uh, the enslaved women on the plantation so hmm. yeah I, I i can go back that far like but it's the problem that get created though what is that see, how we
1: define black <laughs> yes it's the end too i'm thinking it is too though and i feel like the debate messed me up where i always want to ask what does it mean but it's just like hey what does it mean for california to pay reparations and like the state wasn't you feel me it's like i traced my plantation back to texas and north carolina the plantation so if i'm a, if i'm a resident now you're asking the wrong
0: questions you're asking the wrong questions <laughs> that, it's weird to be <laughs> thinking like what How does that work? yeah
1: that part to me like just nah, nah, nah. my business though that the, the white folks take it
0: up with themselves <laughs> uh and so, and so this, this is what I want to ask y'all, though, in, in that same vein, because this is this is where, mm-hmm. this is where I, I think that starts to get problematic. Is blackness defined by being on the plantation, right? Because I think the issue with with that that I have the biggest issue that I have with reparations is that when we we, when we talk about legislation, we, it's legal language. That means every word, everything has to be defined. It has to be a clear mm-hmm. understanding of what we mean by that, right? Mm-hmm. That means that that the government within has to adopt an official definition for black. That does not exist. Does not exist. When when we talk about black, there are assumptions that we make about what that is and what that means. There's no legal definition for black. Now, people may say black's law dictionary. That's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about on the census, right, even even from the perspective of African-American, if we're saying that those two things equate, there's no clear understanding of what you mean by African-American because that actually includes people who live over here. who yeah, are I just did a lecture yesterday
1: literally about the social construct of race. And I tied Ooh. it back to the many definitions or the many meanings of race in America. And I just know from digging through the archive of CRT and black feminism, uh, Kimberly Crenshaw and Patricia Hill Collins. And did you know, what I'm saying especially Kimberly Crenshaw to go back and look at actual legal cases. And think about how the government, where we're talking about Brown versus Board of Education or Plessy versus Ferguson, where the slippage is how do we define black and how the state identifies who is black. And that's when we start getting in the slippery slope. And then me just living in Oklahoma, the last thing I say, me living in Oklahoma, me understanding how different indigenous tribes have different, you feel me, uh, resources, white people have been able to literally colonize, exploit. Goddamn, I'll be, I'll, I'll never forget this when I was in, uh, moved, moved to Oklahoma, I was in class. I'll be next to Bob, Bob and Bob and Karen. Mm-hmm. They are bragging about being one eighth Native American, one sixteenth Native American and not paying for none of their school. I know this reparations talk opens up the can where it's like, first, you're gonna, you're gonna under, undershort us and you're gonna let all these white folks infiltrate and say, well, mm-hmm. you know, I can say, nigga, I did Ancestry.com. I'm an eighth black. They got the resources to tie that one eighth black to the plantation. Next thing you know, they're going to say, we're getting excluded from... Ex- Man. Good
2: Let me thing. further complicate too. I'm going to add another layer on to what you're saying because you're saying there's ways for them to nitpick and exclude us from the process in general is ways to allow white people to come in and be 116th one eighth, 116th black and kind of get in there i also think it's kind of faulty in a way because part of the question is who is black part of the question needs to be who has had unnecessary confrontations with anti-black men that have treated you as though you have descendants of slaves even though you don't mm-hmm. because africans come over here and they're not niggas until they get to the united states but they get treated like niggas they get denied opportunities Aye. They get set back their uh, capacity and capability to provide and develop their lifestyles and their livelihoods for the reason they came over here in the first place, get cut short because they get treated like American Blacks, right? So this is not to take away from the necessity of descendants of slaves from the states to be recouped for the violence, for the structural and institutional violence they've experienced. But when we think about the implications, the reverberations of anti-Blackness that have necessitated this in the first place, I I don't know if I'm comfortable taking... You know what I'm saying money I'll, I'll you know I'll take it but I don't feel I don't feel, <laughs> I don't feel good and I don't feel reconciliation out of taking money because I have descendants of slaves knowing that my black counterparts in this country get treated like they're descendants of slaves, feel the implications of that. And still don't necessarily, you know, kind of walk away with something material for the way that anti-blackness has been shaped in this country. It just it it, it creates a whole bunch of kind of weird feelings, including the 116th uh, individual coming in, including letting the system dictate and determine who get these checks and don't. Right. Like it all is very icky and sticky to me in some ways, yeah. even though I, I feel the direction that it's going. Be,
1: you know? and, and, and and I say Jessica Hodges said blood, uh, native blood is quantified. They have to do us the same thing. This is what I know from being being in Oklahoma and from being in debate. That blood quantum shit, it ain't all as cracked up to be. And, yeah. and and being real with you, the blood quantum thing is how they're able to extract resources and land from natives. Because once they feel like there ain't enough of y'all to have the blood quantum, they finna start giving it to the mixed blood whites. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and and, this can shit, we- and well, I can go on and on about blood. I got a homeboy that's 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 that's, that's half half white, half native. But his native is multiple tribes. He he got to pick one tribe. He don't get to say he's half native. He got to pick one. So he only gets to say he blood quantum of the ch- of ch- of ch- of people. It's just it's games they play when it comes to their blood quantum shit.
0: And mm-hmm. and and then we have to understand that like like race isn't genetic. You like there have been studies that have shown that you are genetically closer. To Come some on. white people than you are to a- actual other black people genetically. Mm-hmm. So the, even the idea that there's a blood representation of how, like when we talk about you half black, half, all of that is, is 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 based on how we view these things culturally. None of it is biological. None of it is genetic. It's it's literally how we understand and how we interpret race through how we understand culture. Which when we go back to what it means to be black. Is caught up too much in understanding the experience of mm-hmm. slavery and the reverberations of that. Jim Crow, yep. uh, you know, just de jure, de-, de facto racism. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Everything, uh, 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 white flight, prison industrial complex, all of those things, right? What? How do those things impact how you live your everyday life? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's how that's shaped. But the problem, though, is that we tie it too much to that. And we dismiss, like, the culture that come from it,
1: the music, the art. Yeah, but but I'm thinking of this movie that I watched with Matthew McConaughey, where they went back and historically did this little, this little, this little, like, literally they traced back this court case that was in Mississippi in the 70s about the miscegenation laws where they Mm -hmm. had this white passing dude. That for, and today we assume as white. You see what I'm saying? But because the one drop rule was so institutionalized in our country, they had literally went back and tied. It was like something Jones. You feel me? Where it was like a a mixed biracial, a, a biracial enslaved woman was fucking around with this. You feel me? Confederate soldier that turned to be a Union soldier, and they knew it, everybody in the town knew. That that lineage from them came from hey,
0: your great, great great. If friend, anything would make half. a nigga go from the Confederacy to the Union, <laughs> <laughs> put him on, put it on his ass, put it on his ass. You know what I'm saying? But
1: my point is that even though I'm talking shit about the one sixteenth, one eighth white people that'll be able to be like, I'm da da, da, da da For a long time in our country, we did practice the one drop rule though, and it was like you know they can talking about the Plessy vs. Ferguson. When you read the actual court case and what actually happened in it, that was the issue, bro. Was wh- white passing, but he was black, and he told him, "I'm black." If y'all read, y'all know the NAACP set it up that way, so we mm. still get to the point where it's like, man, and, that's with, where we and, 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 doing and I think
0: the, 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 the part that people miss about Plessy versus Ferguson also it just real quick is just that they was actually testing the segregation laws that existed in in uh Louisiana at the time, using Plessy specifically to mm-hmm. be to show the ambiguity of race and saying who can sit here and who can't. Because he's like it's times where they letting him get through because he looked white. Mm-hmm. But because of who his parents are in that connection, he you know, he's called black. So it's a, it's a it's a very slippery slope, as they say, as as
1: Giselle said uh, uh, said in the chat, slippery slope. Well, I guess my 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 last point, kind of some people in the in the comment section is asking and saying it. Uh, the task force mm-hmm. is about a year away in its work, and it has not created the compensation plan yet. It has not created the compensation plan yet, which could include the range of solutions: free college, assistance buying homes and launching businesses, grants uh, to churches and community no. organizations, a final proposal. To the cash force is due in june 2023 so even though we didn't pumped up talking about money we see that it's gonna be mainly in in in, in like subsidizing giving 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 you shit, hoping that giving that shit to be able to do xyz well mm-hmm. how i feel about that and i'm here to kids how i feel about that i see it i think the, the skeptic and the pessimist in me is gonna be like man so y'all gonna give me a a, a weak ass home and a little bit of college and say hey now you're what my great grandkids gonna be you can't talk about that slavery shit because i gave your, your great granddad george lee we gave yeah. him a little bit of college and we gave him a, a little so so now that just you, you have to get over it See, you guys will never get that's how i feel how this should happen
2: yeah i mean i don't know i think uh canada has been a great example of the possibilities of what happens post-reparations, right? Canada has done all of the right things in, term of the, in terms of acknowledging its, its uh, violence towards Indigenous folks, have a reparation system or something like that set up. And I should have read more up about uh, kind of what that looks like. But, but Canada has done the work of at least saying we were terrible toward the Indigenous people who were clear occupants here before colonization happened. You know what they've also done? terrible, terrible monstrosities and committed well, to our... still find of the key bodies right now. If, if you know what I'm saying, and on top of that, I mean, I'm talking about contemporary violence, contemporary ways And you know, we can romanticize Canada and the ways that they deal with, um, you know, race and kind of the, the more progressive, even more Southern United States way that we uh, orient, them, they orient themselves toward those issues, but still very muchly like, uh Indigenous folks and even Black folk up there that deal with the racial implications of what Southern colonialism created, so... Uh, be not confused. Reparations don't mean nothing. Systems are still going to work how they going to work. When it comes down to the letter of the law and the individual, it's kind of like, you know, we can pass all the laws we want to about anti-blackness and policing. That don't mean the cop that stops me gives a shit about any of that legislation that's been passed, any of these bills, oh or has any it of these it didn't broaden it. Me. You know? And so... It, I, mean. I mean, we can we can pass policies and legislation and take it away from money and put the shift into other institutional changes, but that don't mean nothing to me. Yeah. Just don't mean no, it I, i'm, I'm with it's that
1: the story, is it bolding in bolden it's in yeah it's emboldened. Emboldened. Uh-huh. What that's what was you were
0: saying yeah yeah <laughs> um, but i mean just just to piggyback off that before we transition um transition on uh leave yeah um that's why it's like that's why at the beginning when i said reparations i said money mm. they're not talking <laughs> about reparations <laughs> <laughs> like, they are not about, talking about. They, they're talking good, about real. neoliberalism, which we, we'll talk more about that in in a second. But uh,
2: y'all, yeah, I mean, y'all,
1: heard Yeah. How long until you got it?
2: When I was just gonna say, you know, the irony I see is that the root word uh, of reparations is repair right? And so I think, you know, in terms of doing the system's due diligence, in terms of reconfiguring how we got here in the first place, I see little to no conversation about what that starts to look like in a very material way. Because reparations is not just stroking egos with checks and promises of money or land or any of those things. It is grappling with the prison industrial complex. It is confronting uh, the uh, disparities in healthcare. It is uh, addressing and redressing the issues in education and the the, the trade-offs that happen there. So it's a lot of stuff we got to Deal with Rock Cohen has been popping off in the chat a little bit. What are we talking about here with this comment? Uh he it's said they say you're joking. Being
0: paid there's nothing more
2: work. dignified than being paid for your work. You are owed reparations in the trillions. Sure. Don't disagree. Also don't think that's enough. Um, so even then, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there is a uh, in terms of the legacy that I'm able to leave my family, leave my children, that's some generational wealth. I still don't think it's enough. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah
0: I, I look, I look, look, You could make up a whole new word, gazig, gazigity million billion type shit, and that still won't be enough. Like that's just. A, I, but we'll take it. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the message that's understood here. Is just that like if niggas is giving out trillions of dollars, I'm not gonna say on principle. I'm not about to give you just like I took them damn uh. <laughs> You know what, Wait, what I'm saying? If I take a stimulus, I will take they're reparations. Yeah, But you still gonna hear my mouth, though. Like This ain't a payoff. Y'all got me fucked up. Matter of fact, yeah. I'm gonna cash the check. Be on the stream talking about fuck the system, fuck the government. <laughs> you
2: know what
0: I'm saying? Waving myself with my reparations money. Y'all got me yeah. fucked up. Slavery was fucked up. And y'all ain't never gonna forget that shit. Waving yeah. myself with reparations money. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah.
1: Well, hey, on free on, the man. guys, man. Hey, listen. Free the guys. Uh, When we talk about the distinction between crack cocaine and crack or we talk about you know what i'm saying uh redlining or we talk about really any state sanctioned type of violence that was racialized or disproportionately hit black people in my mind reparations is that so for the white folks and non-black people listening that's going to be like well you negroes are just trying to take credit for something your ancestors went through hey peep game after 1865 and slavery happened, uh, they did not, they, they might have changed some pins, but like my damo, damo said in the rap we used to have, goddamn. when we did debate, it did not change the minds. The pen did not change mm-hmm. the minds and the systems and practices kept on going down. Don't get me wrong. We're still going to keep on having these reparations conversations. We're still going to be thinking about doing the research, how to quantify, think about how to look at the violence, think about all the, we're going to be doing all that. Um, I encourage y'all, y'all know, research over me search. Stay tuned and don't take our word for nothing. Do your own research and make sure you stay on, you feel me, a swivel on what's happening with this reparations conversation, not only in California, but also on the federal level and how it might, you know what I'm saying, go other places. But, yeah, that was the conscious chat about reparations.
0: Hey, shout out to Urban Politicians TV. Uh, That's actually, they they phrase out of Houston, uh, keep your head on the swivel. You feel me? Urban politicians TV. Y'all check them out. Hip hop news. You know what I'm saying? We ain't really got no can I don't really know them like that, but I watch them. I'm subscribed to their shit. So shout out to them. Yeah, I ain't subscribed uh, to them,
1: shout out to them. I'm from Texas, so that's probably what I'm saying. Shout out to shout out to shout out to them boys in H time though, or whoever that is. I'm
0: submitted to you.
2: Uh, I'll round out the conversation tapping on the newest breaking news that we have uh, received about Black Lives Matter and the uh, actions of its originators and leaders, Patrice Culliers, Alicia Garza, and Melina Abdullah. Uh, what we found out most recently is that the uh, money, the yeah, total, the sum amount of money that BLM has been able to raise over the time that they have started their mission and their campaigning and activisms, which I think puts us at... 2013 14, maybe. Um, and I don't want to get that wrong, but they have amassed over 90 million dollars, and during that time, uh, they have been under scrutiny for a lot of different things. We know Alicia Garza, I think, retired from BLM. Uh, A lot of other properties and different houses have been brought. A lot of questions been coming in and going out of the the canon, the news canon about what's been happening with a lot of this money. So I've been hearing murmurs about it. But recently, a bombshell hit when it was confirmed that a six point four million dollar mansion, six thousand five hundred square feet of property uh, had been bought by the leaders of Black Lives Matter uh, in Atlanta. This particular uh, domicile was uh, is like four bedrooms, four bathrooms. A lot of people like, y'all got all this space and it's only four bedrooms What in the world. Y'all don't even know how to buy houses good. But (laughs) even outside of that, the initial purpose of this house was to be a content creator house. It was initially created to be like a campus for individuals who they were given like fellowships to, to be able to come and use the space, the studio slash living space to create, content that amplifies the mission and some of the objectives of Black Lives Matter. That being said, we see that the space is not being used for that. There's a lot of questions, comments, concerns about how this space is being used, a transfer of ownership and names being put on certain documents and how stuff been moving. And There's a lot of skepticism. And so we'll eventually get to the nuts and bolts of this issue, but I want to I wanna reverse and zoom out a little bit and, and just start off with the question, like, from its emergence and its kind of solidification in our old upper adolescence and our young adulthood and our approaches toward being, you know, activism minded and being connected with the social space and place. What have your vibes about BLM been over time? Like BLM popped up, we finally had a name and an organization to boost and amplify our desires from the black community. Um, and over time they've gotten a lot of traction in our community. They become a household name. What what has been or what is your relationship to BLM? My
1: relationship to BLM is the, I feel like make a distinction between the movement and the organization, especially especially now that I've done my research with all the stuff that's going on. Um, there are a lot of people that really went on, the, went, on, went on the grounds locally for Black Lives Matter that didn't receive none of that funding. They have been also very, you feel me, critical of the founders of Black Lives Matter in terms of the organization that, you feel me, I feel like should not be erased or, you know what I'm saying, negated in terms of the movement. In terms of the organization, we see just you feel me, disorganization. We see mismanagement of funds. We see a lot of disarray, not a non-transparency. So that's kind of how I think about Black Lives Matter, especially being a historian and an educator. I know that when I'm 50 years old and I run my classroom and my students is asking me about 2020, I feel like it's important that I make this distinction. You see, you see what I'm saying? But that's how I see it now.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was somebody that was like, when it comes to black shit, like I'm not about to be the nigga out there. Man, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't never want to be that nigga in the other niggas' way. But <laughs> like low key, me and the homies was having a conversation. Shout out to my homie Keys, uh old roommate. And the the criticism that I always had of Black Lives Matter was that it it echoed the same sentiment that that Kwame Ture criticized with the civil rights movement. Yeah. It's not it it's not a message to us. It's not talking to us. I believe we need more internal dialogue, conversations about like how you know talking to ourselves and reaffirming things amongst ourselves. But Black Lives Matter is a plea to people that are outside of Black Lives to to convince them. Because remember, it's it, it's typically in response to uh, police violence, like mm-hmm. right? systemic in uh, systemic violence, system, uh, 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 institutional violence, right? So if if we're saying to these institutions, Black Lives Matter. Then I, to me, that's like a that's you, it's a it's a plea, outwardly talking to some other people, and it's falling on deaf ears because mm-hmm. you're attempting to um you're you're attempting to find like to attach yourself to the conscience of a group of people who don't have one. Again, mm-hmm. quoting Stokely Carmichael, 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 also known as Carme uh So my crit and, and on top of that ideological criticism of the message not being for us, also. I felt there was a neoliberal criticism of the movement existing as a hashtag on social media, right? Like it, it is a, it's, it's, it's performative. You know what I mean? At best when we just put the hashtag BLM trending, anything Mm -hmm. that can trend can't really do, you know what I'm saying? Can't really accomplish what black people need type Mm -hmm. shit. Yeah, that's That's fair. Right. that, That was always my shit.
2: That's fair. Um, I think for me, and that's kind of, kind of something I was going to get at too, is I have not been able to reconcile because I feel like, you know, as much as Black Lives Matter is not a message for us, it can be. You know, when we talk about, um, you know, the the capacity to forward, to push, to motivate a movement, like I can see how it can kind of be a rallying cry, but I definitely think that ultimately it is a negotiating and bargaining chip with individuals to see something that they're not designed or equipped to see, um, and so. BLM has always kind of been a a, a weird thing for me. And I'll say the reason why it's always been kind of weird for me um, is that I am of the firm belief that a huge reason why Black people will not ever be able to, and we see this with Black Lives Matter, um, I won't say will not ever be able to, but struggle uh, mightily with organizing is that at this day and age, and what we understand about Blackness and what makes us strong, which is the fact that we're not a monolith, right? We're not all the same. Right. Black people and their experiences are very diverse and very different. That's something that makes us beautiful. But I think that's also a reason why we're not really able to organize all that effectively. It's the reason why we're not able to be on the same page is because, uh, you know, we still decree and decry and speak negatively about individuals who align themselves with the HOTEP agenda. So we're not having real solid conversations about, you know, using that term HOTEP, using it negatively. We see people who ascribe to a certain orientation toward blackness. and Agreed perspective. Yeah, then yeah. if you're gay, or if you're queer, or if you're trans, or you don't identify yourself in a certain particular way in, in, in proximity to your sexuality, then we can't have you leading the movement. And then if you're a Black woman, you always talking out of your pocket. You know, you get over-sympathized with and Black men get left behind, so we can't really put all our eggs in the basket with Black women because they're too busy trying to be educated and be independent or whatever. So they're going to leave Black women behind, men behind, so we can't really uh, invest all of our energy in Black women. And then we see Black men, and that's always how it's always been, and they they don't really care about us and they're, they're too tight in it. So there's just a, such an inability to negotiate who's driving, right? So many cooks, you know. What I say too many cooks in the kitchen. So many cooks that won't even get in the kitchen with each other to talk about what we eat it. Right? Hey,
0: nobody want to be peace Nobody want to
2: be Indians. It's rough. You know what I'm <laughs> oh, Is that racist? Is that racist it Might be. That might be a little. It, r- it might be. For
1: the first time in my life I think it might be a little. I got Might be a little derogatory. It, it, it might be a little. We might. So we learn we are we are We're
0: <laughs> working like partners, and
2: we've been talking so, a lot so of. Yeah.
0: Why so I will retract that. I'll A one. lot
2: of anti-indigenous indigenous idioms, right? The idea of putting things on a totem pole. I can even use that language if I wanted to describe the issue, like things are higher or lower on the totem pole. But we're not using that language because we know better. Education is elevation. We you know that these these phrases, totem pole, to kind of distort what's happening with indigenous folks. So back on track. with BLM is that, you know, is the issue and the criticism I'm concerned with and the issue that I think I have in terms of Black liberatory politics is we're not going to see another king. We're not going to see another X. We're not going to see another uh, 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 Booker T. We're not going to see another WEB. I don't think we're going to see another Marcus Garvey because they they had conflicts and beefs on what it looked like to remedy the Black issues. And now we've only learned more about life, learned more about textures and contours of our reality that makes it more difficult to agenda set and plan. So that, that's been my fear with them up to this point. But we now we we've we've gotten the vibe check. Comments is kind of chiming in. We talked about how we felt about you know BLM up to this point. But I guess my second question then is: what is your first, what was your first response or reaction or the best take, right? That you heard about this $6.4 million mansion? Like what was your first response or in reading and hearing about it? What's something that's like? That's the problem right there. What do you think
1: it is? Uh, uh for me, I think that it was the article that the, that the that the uh 20 chapters of BLM made about the nonprofit industrial complex and about neoliberalism and how Black Lives Matter organizers founders anyway was talking about not replicating those structures and hierarchies and how they ultimately did. To me
0: that is the take. Because they are Marxists, right? They are hmm. trained to Marxists.
1: Supposedly. But yeah. That is to me, that is the, that is the take.
0: So, so for me, I think what I say. I explanatory. Uh, what i say is the, I guess the best take, but at the same time, like it's not, it's, 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 it's not good for them, but I feel like I'll call it the best take because it kind of clarified things for me was Patrice's response in terms of why they kind of, there, there was a, a slick way in which they, you know, kind of play with like BLM purchasing a property through an intermediary, and then it going up under an LLC and the, the sneaky way in which they did it. Right. She justified it by saying that it was for renovation purposes. Mm-hmm. The fuck does that mean? She bought a $6 million property. Yeah. You know I mean? and, and and what's even worse about that is when they heard her respond with that, they was just like, nah, when it was being sold, it was listed as "we." Uh, y'all can hop in right now. So, it, what? What? It, it solidified for me that again, like what George was saying, this the 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 nonprofit industrial complex wins again. It it the way that it works is again for the purposes of producing capital, utilizing that cap- because Patrice Colors didn't do anything illegal. Let's be clear about that. And she didn't do anything that most other nonprofits do, like it was mm. like she, it was like traditional nonprofit move making, yeah. You know, what I'm saying, like, I mean, we don't question Haiti or we don't question uh, uh, Red Cross when they talking about sending this money for Haiti, but they got you know, what I mean, mil- people making millions off of being on a board and shit. so it's like when we when we talk when we're thinking about these things, we got to understand that the criticism lies in the non-profit industrial complex and how them as trained Marxists was sp- weren't supposed to operate within those confines.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: what they were critical of. If They didn't do nothing shady because the same people that uh, that are saying that they bought this house and the way that they did it are also the people that are critic- critical of them being Marxists. Right. Right? But the real criticism is that they went against their Marxist beliefs and how they... Uh, in in, in in
2: how she was moving. I think and, and Maximum, <laughs> maximum ty Tao said, I question the Red Cross. I don't trust them neither.
0: <laughs> I agree. No, it's kind of articles about that, right? Yeah, go ahead, Tony.
2: I'm not dialing 90999 for nothing. Let me go with <laughs> some other efforts I can align myself with and get with. I will say this is kind of in relation, you know, shit to, to know what the plug was saying in terms of this is kind of how nonprofits work. This is how they function. You know, we should be, you know, not completely afraid and surprised by some of these things, but still critical and skeptical a little lot of it at the same time. And what I think about, you know, I saw an article, uh, or not an article, but a tweet that was like, man, they 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 bought this $6.4 million mansion. They've been under scrutiny for other issues and Ferguson still ain't got no community center. And so when I think about stuff like that, because Mike Brown was killed, Largely because you know, youth like him, him and youth like him didn't have a lot of stuff to do. So yeah, he gonna pop around and go buy a box of Rillos real quick. He gonna go and see what the next play is. He gonna be out there kind of meandering through the neighborhood because there are not spaces and places for young black youth to go in a lot of these urban cores, which leads them out and renders them kind of to the the violence that exists on the street. So like when we see the things that on a material level can reconcile some of these things, it's rough. The other side of it though, just on some real play shit, I was like, damn, I, I want y'all to have the bag. I don't have a problem with the There's a BLM living in a mansion. Just do the other shit. I don't pay black women what they owe. Battle fatigue is real, right? The the, the tiredness of being a black queer woman, just being the criticisms alone of trying to lead and do right by your community that they've had to endure over time by everybody. Is enough for you to be able to be compensated by be, for being rejected and criti- uh, criticized, and, and 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 maligned for trying to liberate your people? The work that you know we were hoping that you were doing the organizing, the organizing, the signal boosting, like get your bag, baby. But there's no reason why you couldn't do the rest.
0: Like that I think that's split. the biggest that's
2: issue. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The, gr- the sheer greed, the replication of white supremacy. You know what I'm saying? And neoliberalism that we already see is just like. Bruh, like yeah. I, look, pay black women what they for their labor, but also just like, like that's what that was what was hard for me because it's just like here breakthroughs. You go Toya, breakthroughs. Okay, what happened? Saying, okay, I got it now. Live, live, live well, but also do the work. One thousand yeah. percent. You know, I think we're past the idea of free labor. I don't think any activisms have to, you know, reduce you to living and slumming or whatever. There just needs to be some type of balance and integrity between what you're bringing in, what you're taking out. That's been the biggest criticism of Sean King. And what's had him be so highly uh, scrutinized as Talcamex and every other idiom that people have come up with to talk about him. Talcamex you know?
0: is the best, though. Talk-a-mex. It is one of my
2: favorites. It really resonates in my heart. But it's because you couldn't even do the playwright. Nobody's telling you that you should be subjugated to poverty or poverty. Like We don't want that. We want our leaders to live well, right? To be well-supported, to do all the things that they can do to provide for their families, to show what it can look yeah, like. just do the work. When you are applying your knowledge of the system to do things to uplift yourself and your family, right? You become a blueprint for what we could be doing at the crib just don't take a manipulators like don't play us like that that's the rough part about it and that's where my heart dropped with the situation because I didn't like how they were in the play um so can I ask y'all I a mean, question over here, please please, please.
0: Do, do y'all think that I mean Did they really stand a chance though who because again <laughs> did, Black, did, Black Li- did Black Lives Matter really stand a chance no She's hell like, no that was the question <laughs> the, the, I mean, we, well, because again, like, like I, I, I'm a strong believer of like all social media activism. You know what I'm saying is, and this is no disrespect to anybody that's doing anything on social media, but all social media activism is performative activism mm-hmm. because it's 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 media nonetheless. We we may have access to social media outside of the ways that we've had access to traditional media, mm-hmm. but where the money is made who has the overall influence on how on what's gets seen and all those other things still match how traditional media is disseminated. So when we give like, you know, like when Lee, for example, got has the biggest platform clearly on this platform, yeah. I mean, his, his work is still to the benefit of TikTok because what he's doing is bringing more people to the TikTok platform to listen to him. Right. Just like BLM as a hashtag brought more people to social media as a way to display their activism. Because I can't show up. I can't walk up to you and be like, hashtag BLM. Like, Hey bro, I know you. (laughs) Right. You feel me? But you can be like, man, I'm mad at the world. Hashtag BLM. And it means something. It attaches you to a politic. It does. You feel me? It attaches you to a politic. And so to me, I think like once it became big because of social media and because of, uh, uh, you know, it being a trending thing, it was. It, this was always going to happen. The type of money that was included, this was Ooh. always going to be the result. Uh, I mean, unless y'all have a different perspective to that that somehow speaks to something otherwise, because I mean, this is. I've been I've been saying the same criticisms since 2016, so I'm not necessarily surprised. I ain't necessarily the hating on them because I also believe like what Toya said. Hey, get your money. Yeah. Some money but when they come yeah. for you yeah. just make sure you're doing the other things that you're able to shield yourself and say like yeah we're
1: doing this but they got this yeah I feel, like, you know, I feel like they ain't standing a chance in terms of no matter what they did with the money no matter how they spent it or how they didn't spend it we know that the people that's criticizing them is going to be writing these criticisms and i know that the thing that i'm kind of not looking forward to that i'm thinking of right now sticking out loud like right now where i live at i'll be around a lot of like white people in many different instances and what I know that when I live, you know what I'm saying, like living in Texas, being, being around more black people, conservatives do a masterful job in spoon feeding my people bullshit ass information. So just mm-hmm. reading some of y'all comments right now, I ain't even gonna say y'all name. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> but a lot, I can, I can tell when people haven't researched and just regurgitating some bullshit. Cause it's just like, yeah, I I'll leave it at that. I just leave it at that.
2: That's fair. Uh Sorry. one thing I want to uh Angela, you had said, can we start earlier? I'm tired. This is my moment where I go ahead and, and do because we feel you. We we be late today, work obligations, everybody beat. If you go ahead and get your rest, just go listen to the rest of the episode on Apple Podcast, Spotify, go watch it on YouTube later, go watch it on Facebook later. We're definitely not trying to keep y'all up. We know we got to organize our lives around reality, three different people, two different time zones, trying to make it work. So if we ever too late for y'all, we get it. Y'all got a deal. Just go catch the rest of it. Real quick on Apple Pod on uh Spotify on YouTube on Facebook and we'll do it like that. But now nah, um, you know, a lot of people are saying a lot of poignant things in the comments that I think you know deserve a lot of traction. One of the things that caught my eye that I want to um, talk about is or wanted to point out real fast is where go. it go? Uh dude, 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 I think it was something that uh David Williamson has said. Uh something about and, and this is something I've also Thanks had to do. So, not even so-called leaders, but Nuclear the fact that I'm explaining it, the it was that uh, Black Lives Matter was not originated by a black person, right, and that a white person is behind a puppeteer. And I even think uh, David made the assertion that the NAACP is kind of the same way. I've always been kind of because you know the George Soros uh, uh, conspiracy theory. With, with the NAACP, I've never, I don't really know what you mean when you say Black people aren't around the origination of the, the
0: Niagara <laughs> movement. The Niagara but, movement. <laughs> you know, I'm really,
2: I'm, I'm, I won't i will not lie, as if, you know, we don't know everything that's happening behind the curtain. I don't know what it means for George Soros to, I guess, bankroll it. He's the person kind of pulling the shirt. Like, I, I, I don't know what to do with any of those criticisms. And I think that's what also exasperates me about Black development and, and building black things is that oftentimes you know on one side we demand that white people have a real confrontation with their privilege which means looking at the resources they have and giving that shit up right this is why we celebrate Um, I hate to call her this, Melinda No, that's not Melinda Gates I forget Jeff Bezos' wife and I don't want to call Him ex-wife and I don't want to just refer to her As the ex-wife without talking about her real name But she was able to give up billions Now I don't know if it's because of a confrontation with Anti-Blackness and that's what she had but we know That we demand that Billionaires and trillionaires and people with all the money give, Give it up If you're real about what you're talking about, come up off your sheet I don't care about what book you read, I don't care about What little quote you know, the money but the other side of it is that we are highly critical if we are to discover that behind the curtain there are white people kind of contributing that money and 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 bankrolling and funding the the movements of black people. So it's it's, it's kind of hard cuz it's like which one is it? Are we mad that white people giving up their shit? Or are we excited for white people giving up their shit and black people being in the face of how we how things look and what it looks like to move forward? And so there's some tension there that I haven't really figured out how to reconcile, but I like to, I bread mean, I mean, is good as long as you ain't trying to call shots. That's where it gets weird. To, because then people say George Soros has this other agenda attached to BLM, which is why it's awkward. Go ahead.
0: Well, because this, because this, let's, I mean, because I think BLM and NAACP are like two great parallels because they they suffer from similar criticism. You know what I mean in terms of who has a hand in how they're like where they get resources from, right? Mm-hmm. The NAACP, for example. You can be critical of white people being involved with the NAACP's foundation, right? But the same people that are critical of the NAACP are also critical of somebody like W.B. Du Bois, mm-hmm. and his relationship with white institutions, right? But they also leave out the fact that Marcus Garvey, who most people put in conflict with W.B. Du Bois because of their mm-hmm. ideological differences, where they did have a little conflict, like W.B. Du Bois did write up a little... Like if it was some shade thrown at that time it came from my yep. skin but wb the Mark, uh you know i'm i'm telling i'm a talented temp believe me you know i'm saying we're gonna do that we're gonna do that but wb uh but marcus garvey did meet with the ku klux klan he had conversations with the kkk he spoke with racists right there's an understanding that if you're moving if you're doing anything for black people you're going mm-hmm. to come into contact, or let me say this: contact or conflict with white people. Mm-hmm. How do you want that to go? You know what I'm saying? Do you want contact to turn into something that can be productive for the overall mission, yeah. or do you want conflict because the principle is resisting whiteness? This is the this is the double consciousness. It's the reality of being black in a in a society that's built off the degradation of black people. I'm right? saying And so while the criticism of how people move when they attach themselves to not even attach themselves to white people, but allow the presence of whiteness within certain movements to exist, the Mm -hmm. reality is you can either use that to your benefit or use it for something
2: where you end up undermining yourself. It's your, I mean, and it's your choice to choose. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to invite some white folk to the door, you got to kind of navigate. And I think you got to make sure there's no such thing as the right white folk because the insidiousness of anti-blackness is so deep in them. They start like doing them. shit that do to realize they're doing. Like, you're really white in right now. I don't think you recognize that.
0: But Toya, can we all speak mm-hmm. to like how we all have our white people though, like white people that's been <laughs> useful. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, even, I, and, I, and I realized, even in the uh some comments on our on our videos was saying like that. I'm more conservative than the motherfucker. Like he, I'm gonna say this shit. That but listen, we have like our like niggas have they white people, right? You know, you've been in a position, you've been involved with a certain institution, and that one white person, that's the homie, that's the homie. With with you exactly, and they're like, hey, I'm gonna make sure you straight. Cause I know how yeah, do. I don't think, think
2: Noelle was with us tonight, but shout out, shout out to my home. Oh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Noelle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, always, I do, but you you do. And and I think you know individuals who have no stake or no in, interest or investment in being in the way and just kind of feel good about giving their shit away and leaving you space to vibe out. Those have been some of the best white folk uh who have been in my life. And then also the ones who are doing the work, right? And I think though the ones that I'm able to check and be like, You're doing too much now. You, you 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 out of pocket. You 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 talking that that's your neck. You're talking out of that's not your mouth. That is your <laughs> neck. like. Those are the types of folk that I can at least fathom the idea of. You know coalition building with to make sure that we're moving forward. I do like what um I think Corey said. Uh, It's a sad fact, but I believe it's okay as long as they are silent partners. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's the investment in calling the shots and guiding and directing things uh, that makes it work. So I'll leave off. um, You know, I think we're over an hour right now. That kind of concludes the conversation, but I will uh, leave it and punctuate what we're talking about by saying that I'm still hopeful. Um, that we find a way as black folk to organize around something in a meaningful and effective direction. I definitely loved, you know, two years ago, seeing us pour into the streets in our communities and stand together to say no, to reject that type of violence. But, you know, I think we are longing for as a people not to have somebody die, not for it to mean somebody to lose their life, for us to stand up together and say, this is some shit we ain't dealing with no more. Here's what we about to do. And I think that will be the beacon of light uh and hope that we have and that I have in the future of not BLM necessarily because they 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 lost me but with some orientation toward a, a greater future and more progressive politics for black folk. Uh that's the that on that in terms of I don't even think I call this a chop. We'll call it the culture chop. Yeah the culture or- chop. It be a
0: chop. Uh,
2: it'll be the culture chop. Um, and we'll vibe through it um, that way. And shoot, the last, some of the last things I'll say to y'all are just about making sure y'all keep up with the show uh, at the Chop Up Show pod on Twitter, Chop Up Show on Instagram, uh, and talk to us. Keep us uh, on the tip. Like one thing y'all could be using our DMs for is to be like, have you heard about this? Are you thinking about this? Is it on your radar? We can't guarantee yeah. we will talk about it, but we would love to be thinking a little bit wanna more about, this.
1: What wanna about it. I want to hear
0: about For real. And and then you know that if it's coming from the Chop Up. So you're not about to yeah. get some surface level bullshit out your ass kind of conversation like if y'all you know what y'all want us to go in depth about let us know
2: yeah and we'll we'll see if it aligns with kind of our our lane what we know about what we can kind of research and get into and we'll rock with it if we feel like it fits so
1: just
2: you know no guarantees no promises but definitely tap the dms if y'all got stuff throughout the week that you like hey look into this for us and we'll see if it makes it to the show hey i'm I'm so so delayed over with
1: my engagement man i'm so delayed over here i can just see it is weird
2: yeah a Little bit, but we still you still tap in and we still love you. And you still yeah, yeah, get talking, talking in real time, even if it's delayed a little bit. It yeah, it is a little weird. I see you caught I see you caught on to that,
0: but it's all good. Okay. Uh lee tide anyway. Uh we got Cedar tomorrow, so uh the that is the the morning, man. yeah, the cross the examination beginning. debate associate. All of us are Cedar drop Legends
2: the you. real quick in the chat, drop your drop your podcast again. What was you saying? Plug. Oh yeah, you're talking to three Cedar legends.
0: Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you we, you know what I mean? So, that don't mean nothing, uh, no. 2012,
2: 2012, six speaker semifinalists, baby. We almost took it all, but it was some raggedy ass politics happening. We don't get into that story right now. I just know we almost
0: won it all. Just know I was
2: almost a national champion, but it's fine. We, we, we digress. Hey, man. Speaker. I ain't gonna, I
1: ain't gonna pull it off my. Word, that was my man. highest,
0: that was my highest, Eighth eighth speaker receiver. but it is what it is. Hey, oh, I, I see it's Okay, sure. highly,
1: okay, yeah. I have
2: my, I we, we, anything, we, we eat on this podcast, baby. If y'all want to talk, if y'all got some stuff y'all want us to debate about, too, send that to DM. We can talk about it. We yeah, can, debate hey, because we do, we, we, do. We,
0: need, we need another debate, me too. We need a new one. I think COVID Absolutely. was the last
2: one. Check out Hope's Place, that's Tori's podcast. We've been going back and forth about it. Subscribe for subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the Chop Up Show, too. Apple Podcast, uh, and shoe everywhere, uh, Spotify, Spotify. YouTube. Ooh everything. And if you follow on George's, if you follow on consciously follow the Chop Up Show. If you follow on the Chop Up Show, go follow consciously. That way you don't miss a beat. I think that covers everything. Plug. I'm um, turning back to you. You know what
0: to do. That's everything. Check this out. Our SEO is on point. If you Google the Chop Up Show, you're going to find us. If you want to see where we at, Google the Chop Up Show. You will find us. With that being said, we're going to close the show. The same day, we start the show. We out of here. We see y'all next week. It's all love. Peace. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. Me, my guys, we really live. Lord forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside, and that's in the console. Keep the semi when I ride.